This is Right Now at AWS, the podcast series that surfaces patterns, best practices, and successful solutions across every imaginable industry. I'm your host, Katie Doptis. Generative AI is a transformative technology, and the big question is how to apply it in meaningful ways. Today, we're providing some options and opportunities exploring Gen AI with an industry point of view and focusing on manufacturing. My guest is Danny Smith. Danny is a principal AI ML strategist for auto and manufacturing. He helps some of AWS's biggest customers make their big ideas reality. Danny, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Danny, you and I spoke previously about Gen AI in auto. If someone is interested, we'll link to that episode in the show note. Again, today we're diving into manufacturing all up. So you have been very, very busy of late fulfilling your very cool mission. Can you share what you're seeing and hearing? What are common questions and trends among manufacturing customers? Well, uh, first of all, there's lots of interest, um, really from every functional group within a manufacturer, uh, uh, you know, from sales and marketing to supply chain to finance to the actual operating groups, um, but also from the boardroom down to the shop floor. What's interesting is, you know, as we've learned over the last year, data is definitely where the money is, right, for our manufacturers. Um, if you think about it, these models have been trained on the the vast majority of the public internet and what's left, right? All the proprietary trade secret data, right? And so there's the monetization um, possibilities there, right? Whether it's internal uses like the standard operating procedures or the diagnostic guides or the work instructions, you know, the, it, you know, companies are filled with proprietary data, right? But if that's, if that's the value, you know, even for internal use cases, you don't want that stuff leaking out you know, into the internet, you don't want people to, you know, absorb that and keep training their models on it. And so, you know, security concerns, governance concerns, absolutely, they're like everything else with an enterprise, right? And so, um, you know, that's one of the strengths of AWS. We came to market on a technology deployment that took that into consideration and made sure that we were protecting intellectual property, right, for our customers, but also for the model providers, right? Because, you know, we, we offer variety and choice amongst lots of different models and model providers. And, you know, they have intellectual property invested in those models, too. And so they don't, you know, they don't want that to leak out. And so we had to come up with a way to have both sides be able to kind of bring their two uh, proprietary domain sets together Next common trend, if you you know talking about trends, and and so there was this trend about how do we answer accurate uh, accurately. Some common architectures have been emerging over the last year. One of them is called retrieval augmented generation. The short version of that is you know what's behind like the chatbot that everybody is comfortable with is there's not just a large language model, but there's an agent mechanism right which goes out finds uh, finds data that's relevant to the question, packages up that data with your question and then hands it to the large language model. So it's going to answer accurately. Other, other lessons that we've learned, um, you know, customers are looking at figuring out how these things work internally before they deploy customer facing applications, right? I, I know that everybody uh, wants to help the profit center, right? But uh, interestingly, lowering cost, improving efficiency, those aren't bad things either, right? Especially while we learn. So all of this stuff has been going on over the last year. Do you think we've seen something like this recently where there's just such a fascination, a curiosity? I think this is really a remarkable time in that sense. 
you know, the, uh, I don't think we've seen anything like this. Like this technology is so transformative. And I think it captures everyone's imagination because, you know, traditional machine learning, it's very effective. But sometimes line of business is not comfortable with it. It looks like a black box. They're kind of they're like, I don't know about that technology. But this is this is something that they can put their hands on. They can imagine themselves using. They can imagine all the benefits. And so um, for me, you know, my you know mission in life these days, uh, at least on the work world, is around democratizing machine learning. This is the biggest technology to emerge that democratizes machine learning that I've ever seen. So we're going to frame our conversation today going forward by talking about Gen AI and manufacturing and internal use cases. That is how Gen AI can improve internal processes for greater productivity and agility. Then we'll shift to customer-facing use cases and how Gen AI can improve end customer experiences and products. Kind of how you just outlined, that's how customers are working through these use cases. So what do you think about that framework? Oh, I think it's I think it's great. Um, and uh, you know, where do you want to start? Internal use cases? Yeah, let's do it. Well, you know, from an efficiency productivity standpoint, I mean, org wide, right? You know, not just in manufacturing uh, operations. It's kind of wild how many ways this can impact thing, right? So there's many ways. So I'll just give you a few examples, right? So um, here's one example: helping maintenance engineers speed up time to diagnose. For issues with equipment on the manufacturing line. So, you know, the, the manufacturing line is the moneymaker, right? If we can't make product, we can't sell product. So the how does this work, right? How does Gen AI help with this, right? It's like, well, think about it. If you're a, a you know, service technician or a maintenance, uh, you know, maintenance engineer or something, it, just allowing them to ask questions of all these diagnostic guides and service bulletins and standard operating procedures and root, root cause diagnosis, right? Manufacturers have a massive amount of data, but the contextualizing of, of that data is kind of tricky, right? And so Jenny, I can just help with that, you know, and that can like, that's a, that one example um, can extend beyond manufacturing into many areas, right? I'll give you an example from one of our big industrial uh, customers, right? So, you know, if you have a complicated product that you build, right, and then you have to install with a customer, and then you probably put value-added services around that, like maintenance or, or service or things like this. And so if you imagine the service technician in the field, right, it's the same story, um, you know, for that, in like the industrial customer who supplies the product, their end customer, if that product's not working, you know, if it's not up and running, then it's, then, you know, it's hurting them, right? And so we had one industrial uh, SVP. He was evaluating um, these proof of concepts that they had put together quickly to kind of give people the art of the possible. And, he, you know, and they were reviewing several of them. And he's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, okay, that's cool. And then he gets to this, how do we accelerate time to diagnose for the service technician? He goes, wow, that's powerful because they are the tip of the spear for our revenue. But in a bigger picture, right? If you think about it on the shop floor, I have customers tell me all the time, we've got 30-year veterans retiring. The next generation didn't even come into manufacturing, right? The generation after that, it's like my daughter's generation, right? They grew up with smartphones. They grew up with, you know, looking on YouTube for learning hacks. They were looking for shortcuts, right? Everything's a learning hack. And so the shop floor supervisors, you know, they tell me, it's like, look, we got 
20% attrition on the shop floor. And so we have new employees coming in all the time. And these new employees are not really interested in reading the thousand page standard operating procedure manual, right? And so the question is, how do you get them up to speed quickly and continuously, right? And so if you think about it, Gen AI is like the ultimate learning hack, you know, your private trade secret domain data, like all the service bulletins, standard operating procedures, work instructions, et cetera. And then you get, you put Gen AI on top of it so that the shop floor person can just ask questions and say, hey, what about this? And they get back a really quick response. So the, the key thing to think about there is Gen AI is great for contextualizing data. So we've got customers who are looking to have Gen AI help with morning meetings. And so you know what a morning meeting is in manufacturing, right? It's like 7 a.m., everybody comes in, you've got the production supervisor, you've got quality, maintenance, safe, safety, et cetera, right? All the different groups come together every morning and they say, what do we need to focus on today? Right. And so if you think about it, Gen AI can pull all the data together, right, because it understands the contextualization of, of what's needed. And it can a- actually just build the narrative automatically. So that's a really powerful thing. And it's not just in the operating departments. Right. And we, we have customers uh, who are looking to have their sales teams, like give their sales teams help. So, uh, you know, if you sell a complicated industrial product, your sales team gets an RFP in. And the sales teams have to look at these RFPs, request for a proposal, right? Look at these RFPs and they have to answer them. And so Gen AI can help accelerating, giving better, faster answers, but also understanding the full catalog of the services that the industrial offers. Because often I had a customer tell me, he's like, you know, our sales teams don't actually um, include every service. You know, they're not familiar with one service, uh, you know, and these industrials have a broad range of services, right? So if they don't include something, then the customer uh, doesn't realize that it's applicable and useful to them. So if you think about like, uh, you know, not only generating the RFP response, but also examining all the cross-sell opportunities, there's a significant revenue um, uplift with this. So all kind of use cases like that across the organization. I'll pause there, though, because I've been talking a lot. (laughs) Well, it always comes back to data, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, and here's the thing. We, you know, as a group, we've been working on industrial, uh, you know, data fabrics and industrial data platforms and data lakes and data meshes. And quite frankly, Gen AI makes you double and triple down on a good data strategy, right? Because you know, it's your data and the combination of the Gen AI model that really provides the value. You know, as a manufacturer, let's leverage this data, contextualize it faster. Let's help the human out, right? Right. And, And Gen AI just does that really well. Yeah. So the contextualization is astounding. I mean, you just talked about data for service technicians, time to diagnose problems, uh, a shop floor, the ultimate learning hack for a newcomer who is accustomed to learning in different ways. And also the morning meeting generating the content you actually need to focus on the checklist of items that you need to focus on for that day being generated using your own proprietary data and at a couple of clicks. And then the sales teams, a better, faster answers as they're filling out RFPs um, and helping them understand the product availability and what might be you know, most applicable in certain situations. I mean, all of these are very, very powerful use cases. Yeah, and it goes beyond those, right? I mean, 
you know, legal teams being able to kind of understand commercial contracts and looking for certain clauses, um, you know, on and on, right? You can pick, you know, every function within a manufacturer, not just a manufacturing group, but but every function. So where do you think manufacturing customers are on their Gen AI journey? Yeah, I, I would say overall, it's early days yet. I mean, manufacturers tend to not jump in early, right? Because they're measured, right? And, they, and they're filled with, uh, you know, people who have a STEM education, who, who, you know, engineers. And, you know, engineers just don't go, oh, let's dive in. No, they think about things and they say, does this make sense? You know, is it going to improve efficiency? Is it going to improve uptime? So overall, people are taking measured response. Now, with that being said, there is a huge, tremendous amount of activity with people trying out proof of concept, you know, creating playgrounds where their, where their employees can try this technology out. If the company has an innovative, you know, an innovation culture, right, they're used to experimenting, right? They're, you know, at least in certain groups, like, you know, advanced manufacturing, right, is always an, you know, uh, an innovator, an experimenter, right? So, so these groups are saying, okay, this could be really interesting. And so they're diving in pretty deep. And so, you know, now you're seeing like the progression of those to production use cases. So if we're going to turn to customer facing use cases, what are some ways Gen AI can improve customer experiences and products? Well, I, uh, so I would say that in general, Gen AI is looked at to be able to help with better, more consistent customer communications, right? Like helping the whole customer experience, the customer journey, you know, all the buzzwords around that, right? But if you think about it, like, how does that work, right? So call center assistance. So when somebody has a problem, they call into the call center. And so just imagine if the call center agent had real-time guidance and coaching that was relevant and factual based on the information that the customer needs. The same with like sales groups though too, right? Like we use that RFP response as an internal thing, but if you think about it, the RFP response is also an external, you know, communications. But sales teams get calls all the time. Hey, does your product do this? Hey, can you do that? They also would benefit from, and the customers would benefit from, a real-time guidance or coaching so, uh, and it can go on and on, like, you know, how do customers, like everybody likes self-service um, discovery these days for learning about things. We just want to go to the internet, read up about it, whatever. So helping customers discover products and answer questions around, you know, our products or services. So those are just some of the examples of customer facing things. What's interesting in my experience is that the, the companies that put these playgrounds together and let anybody play with them like the the function the functional teams themselves come up with a thousand use cases immediately right and, and and you know the customer facing teams are no different than like the you know the operating uh, teams within a factory they're going to come up with use cases that are going to be extremely valuable yeah they're very clued into the pain points so this is all so exciting but again we want to get to the practical elements too what are best practices for acquiring Gen AI capabilities within an organization? This is tough, Danny. I don't think it's tough. I think actually what's, what's tough, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll be blunt. 
right? I don't, I don't think the actual acquiring of the understanding of how these things work, is tough, but sometimes you have to get over a mindset that resists experimentation, right? And so what, what I call this is like building an AI mindset, right? And, and look, Amazon internally went through this process too, right? It was like 15 or, you know, more years ago, but our leadership team, like the founder, right? Jeff Bezos, he saw a use case within our own like fulfillment for machine learning way back then, right? And he said, why isn't every team in the company thinking about how machine learning can help them do their job better? And so I think with Gen AI, uh, as, or just AI in particular, right? If you have that AI mindset, right, across all lines of business, you know, all of them can just ask this question. Hey, is there some kind of artificial intelligence or machine learning technology, maybe Gen AI, maybe traditional, that can help us do our jobs better? So what I would say to do this, though, right, the organization as a whole kind of needs to learn how these things work. So that's why I stress setting up these playgrounds where anybody in the company can, you know, safely and securely test out technology, you know, the Gen AI, et cetera, right, and, and learn how it works. Um, and so we have lots of customers uh, within manufacturing and industrial space doing that. The other thing I stress to leaders is that you kind of need to budget for innovation. And so, you know, a lot of people say, well, setting up a sandbox, it might be expensive. And I, well, not really. Not if you think about it being the source of innovation. So what's interesting, you know, at Amazon, we talk a lot about like flywheel effects. And so the flywheel effect is like a you know, process or mechanisms that you set up that help you get to your goals. And the, the flywheel, like, you, you know, think of it as these big stone wheels, right? Flywheels. Sometimes they're hard to start, right? Because, you know, because of resistance, that's not the way we do things, you know, learning the new process, whatever, right? But once you get them going, it's really hard to stop, right? Because they have the momentum. And so you need to think about this, like, culture of innovation, as something that uh, is really an amazing flywheel for value. And so if you just like keep doing, you know, just try it out, set up the playgrounds, start doing stuff, you know, try out use cases, um, learn by doing, launch some pilots. Pretty soon if you do that, then, you know, the whole organization is going to see this and say, oh, okay, well, those pilots really help that group. Maybe I need to be looking at this. Right. And so it becomes a flywheel that just keeps turning, keeps turning, keeps accelerating. So it's, it's mostly change management. It's mostly cultural. Right. It's not the technologies are not hard to understand how to use. But, you know, if you if you learn, you know, people learn by doing, especially in our in our business and manufacturing. So launch some pilots. Right. Think lovable minimum or minimum lovable product. We, we don't call them minimum viable products. Right. We want to have minimum lovable products. Right. So if you think about it as, you know, does this really help? Right. Try one, launch it in production, then keep repeating. You know, that's the way to get started. And we help customers do this all the time. Danny, so what do you how do you think AWS can help set up these Gen AI sandboxes? Oh, well, we've got lots of mechanisms internally. Right. If you. You know, as the manufacturer, if you have a builder culture, right, somebody who's willing to get hands on and, and do stuff, you know, um, the the teams that are assigned, you know, to you as a customer um, can help, uh, you know, with enablement and, you know, show you how to use the product. We've got a Gen AI Innovation Center, which is a group of Gen AI experts plus front end and back end engineers 
that love to work on, you know, high value projects and they sit beside you next to you and, you know, help you accelerate quickly uh, with a, you know, a six, you know, a couple of sprints in six to eight weeks. And so you get that minimum level product, but since you're sitting next to them, you also get the knowledge transfer. And so then you can pick it up and run with it. We've got other prototyping teams that can help you do that on a larger scale. There's lots of mechanisms that we offer, um, you know, training, education. We actually have a really great course on understanding large language models. Uh, that we partnered with a famous machine learning, artificial intelligence person, Andrew Ng's organization is Deep Learning AI. So we partnered with him to put a course together to help people understand how these things work. That, that course is on Coursera. So there's lots of mechanisms that we offer our customers to kind of help them get up to speed. Just let us know how we can help. So finally, let's just have some fun with predictions that may or may not come true. So looking ahead, what do you predict will happen with Gen AI and manufacturing in the next three months, a year and beyond? Uh, That's tough. Let's take a stab at the next three months, (laughs) but the next three months. So I think what you'll see is an explosion of use cases that people are talking about, right? All this experimentation that are, that, you know, the manufacturing customers I spend every day with, All of that is rapidly going from proof of concept to production pilot to production, right? So you're going to see an explosion of things going into production and people are going to want to talk about it publicly, right? Uh, You know, our customers like to write blogs with us all the time. And, you know, we love that too, because other customers can learn from it. So you'll see a lot. I think what's interesting is, so right now we focused mostly with large language models and then image generation models, right? But the underlying technologies that and, and algorithm approaches that make up these Gen AI foundation models, um, you'll start to see that people are going to use these underlying technologies in innovative ways. And so I'll give you an example. So we have a, a great customer who's a large industrial and, and what they're doing is they're using transformers approach. So transformers, it's a buzzword with Gen AI. It's, it's how we structure the neural networks underneath all these models, right? So the transformers algorithm approach, they're actually using this to, um, with time series data, uh, like telemetry data that's off of sensors on equipment to predict anomalies, right? With much greater accuracy than traditional uh, ML techniques, right? Those techniques, the existing anomaly detection work really well, but they've gotten a noticeable step up in improvement. And so I think this is an emerging area that we'll hear more about, especially around what I call time series foundation models. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of people working on this. There's a lot of customers who are in early stages of you know, seeing how this works and getting value out of it. We're going to hear more about that, I think, in the next three months. Another use case we didn't talk about before, but you'll hear a lot about, I think, uh, soon is generative design. So it's like, how do you accelerate design of new uh, new parts or, you know, uh, the changes to a, a part, you know, to support a new use? You're going to see a lot of discussion around Gen AI models helping with that. And then... You know, maybe one last example, which is not as cool. It's Gen AI for uh, tech debt reduction, right? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of old code floating around manufacturing. 
right, in central IT, but also down at like PLC programming logic level, right? And so, and so right now, code generation assistance, um, like our Code Whisperer product, that's like high gear, right? Uh, and what's interesting, you know, if you if you haven't tried this, you know, if you if you write code and you haven't tried one of these code assistants like Code Whisperer, you really need to, right? You know, we used it internally at AWS for about a year before we launched it publicly, and we got about a fifty percent increase in you know speed of development with no drop in quality. So that's that's powerful. But if you think about like back to that new generations coming in, they have different approaches to learning. You know, if you're going to modernize old tech, you, you have to understand what the old code does. So, you know, this is kind of typical with like old code. Like we have customer told me they have 10 million lines of uh, COBOL, <laughs> right? That's mainframe code that they still need to convert. Um, but it also works down on the shop floor too. So, we have a customer um, who's found that the, these language models or the Gen AI models are very effective at explaining what ladder logic code does, right, which is around PLC programming. So exciting times uh, across the board, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the only place I have to disagree with you, Danny, is saying that uh, reducing tech debt and the, leveraging Gen AI for that is not that exciting. I think that's super exciting. And everything that you explained, very much looking forward to seeing how things shake out and very much appreciate you talking with me today. Absolutely. Always be, uh, always a pleasure to be with you. And, uh, you know, to our manufacturers out there, all I have to say is, you know, dive in and, uh, you know, have fun and uh, good things will come. Excellent. And if you're interested in taking the next step with Gen AI, reach out to your AWS team or you can reach out to us at do more with AWS at amazon.com.